Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Stronger Leaders Shaping Tomorrow. We believe that leaders are shaping the future and this podcast is our commitment to providing you with high value resources that will give you the opportunity to be the best leader you can be. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash stronger leaders. Well, it's been a little while since we have produced a podcast, and we are happy to be back with you all. Uh, But Joe, do you want to give a little summary of what's been going on? Yeah, actually back in uh, early October, I discovered that I needed open heart surgery. So that actually happened on January 17th. And so there was a lot of stuff leading up to the surgery, and there's been a lot of stuff, obviously, since then. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been a busy recovery, but I feel absolutely fantastic. The surgery was a complete success, and so I'm uh, very thankful to God and to my family and friends and for all the support that they've shown during the last, uh, wow, two or three months, really. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you back. Um, And like I said, we're happy to be back with everyone. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and I think this podcast topic today will be very helpful as we're going to be talking about starting a small business. And this is an important topic because according to a 2012 article in Entrepreneur Magazine, there are between 25 million and 27 million small businesses in the U.S. that account for 60 to 80 percent of all U.S. jobs. And a study by Paychex in 2012 said that the small business, uh, small businesses produce 13 times more patents than larger firms. Yeah, amazing numbers. Yeah, it's incredible. So, as has been said many times, small businesses are the economic engine of our economy, and we really, really need small businesses. And that's why Joe and I would like to talk about that today, to encourage you, especially if you are or ever have considered starting your own business. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, we're going to dive in. We're going to go over a few things here. And the first question I have for you, Joe, is what, what are the benefits of starting your own small business? Well, first of all, considering the the stats that you just shared from Entrepreneur Magazine and from the Paycheck Study, I think the first benefit is, man, you get to join this amazing group of people that are the the bedrock of our economy and really the foundation of everything that's going on. So that's that's the first thing, which I think is really cool. The second thing, which is one of the reasons most people start their own business, uh, is for a sense of increased independence, and you can you know be your own boss. Uh, you're the one who's in control and able to make uh, all of your own decisions. And a couple of things that that affects is, first of all, you you know you get to define the kind of work-life balance that you want. Yeah. And and I think that's important because there's not this kind of mystical work-life balance that's out there. There's this work-life mix that mm. each of us want. And I think it's important that we are the ones that get to decide what that mix is. And, you know, as obviously I as a Christian, I'm looking to God for direction. But even if you're not a person of faith, if if you're your own boss, you get to decide that. But another really, really important thing, um, and this actually has to do some of what we're going to talk about later at the very end about a product we're going to be releasing. And that is that you get to choose who you work with. Right. You know, when you're the boss, you're the one who is in charge of all the hiring. So I think that first thing is one of the biggest lures for a lot of people, and that's the whole idea of independence. Uh, Second, I would say uh, that having increased flexibility or control over your own schedule. Now, I will say that. I will say that 
in the beginning, that isn't always true because <laughs> when you're just scraping for every dime and trying to do everything you can, I remember thinking literally in my head, man, anybody that's got a checkbook with a balance in it and a pulse, I'll take as a client. Right. Um, but you know what? Over time, as the business grows, you know, you really do get to be much more in charge of your schedule. And that's something that everybody uh, desires. Definitely. Um, third thing I think is that you get to define what matters. And here's what I mean by that. For example, you get to decide what the rewards are. You get to decide what is meaningful to you and you get to decide, you know, what the passion is that you want to follow. And a lot of people are out there who really love and enjoy their jobs, but there are probably parts of those jobs that they just don't love. And oftentimes, unfortunately, it's not the overarching thing. And so when you yeah. run your own business, you really get to decide what matters, what's important, and what you're passionate about. Yeah, it's about doing what you love. Yeah. And yeah. I see I see a lot of success in small businesses because people are happy because they're doing what they love and what they're passionate about. Exactly. And that's not all just about, uh, you know, kind of being narcissistic. I think right. it has to do... Also with the fact that God has wired us for certain things to do certain things. I'm going to mention this toward the end of the podcast. But man, when you're doing what you love and what you were made to do, uh, that's exciting. And you bring all of your energy and all of your investment into that. You bring your A game, you know, quite a lot of the time. Um, Next thing is really agility, and that is in a small business, you're able to change courses and respond to the needs of the market much faster than large corporations. Large corporations, you want to make a change. Sometimes it's like it's trying to turn a a cruise ship. But in a small business, one of the great things is we can be super agile, super flexible and adaptable, especially if you've got the right people around you. Um, also this next one, I think you, you know, you definitely would enjoy Phil and that's the ability to connect personally with clients. Oh yes. Uh, You know, there are some people out there who just, they don't get the opportunity to really touch that client. They don't get a chance to really interact with them, hear what, hear their heartbeat and what they really want and need. And so if you have your own business, most likely you're going to be the one connected most to your clients, especially in the beginning. And then I think the last thing is just really this wonderful feeling of building something that's your own. And and I, I think there's a healthy pride that's involved with that. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously you can go into an unhealthy place of pride, <laughs> but I think there's a yeah. healthy pride and sense of satisfaction that results from going, man, you know, by God's help, I did this. And and right. uh, and you have a total sense of ownership and, and involvement in that. And I think that's wonderful. Yeah, I I think it's incredible to it's almost a more of a sense of control, like you said, um, with the independence mm-hmm. and um, being able to control where you go. And, and there is a challenge, of course, of making sure you're sticking to you know the schedule you've created for yourself and and doing the things that you need to do. Um, but I've you know there's so many rewards to it if if you can uh, find what you love and then find that niche. Well, and I think it just relates back to the whole risk reward principle when you take great risks, there's the opportunity for great rewards. And if you aren't willing to take any risks, then the rewards are going to be fewer and smaller. So it's it's right. a definite principle. It's you know what the stark mic- stock market is built on. And, and I think in small business, there's a lot of relationship with that as well. Yeah. Well, why don't you give us a brief run through of, uh, of how you actually got started yourself? 
Okay. I'm going to try to keep this brief because <laughs> I could go on for a long time with this. But I think the first thing is it started with my, my faith, my personal faith. Yeah. I loved my job. I enjoyed where I worked, um, really liked the people that I worked with. But I just began to get, this, get the sense that I was supposed to do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and in lots of prayer and lots of discussion with my wife, we just decided God was calling us to something else. And, and so it was a massive, huge step of faith to step out from earning a very healthy income uh, to starting back at ground <laughs> zero. Yep. And I mean, when I say zero, I mean zero. So mm-hmm. um, it was a huge step of faith. First, uh, but then I got an awesome piece of advice, and I really wanted to share this because I think it made a huge difference for me, and I've shared it with others, and I think it's made a difference for them. And that is, I had someone say to me, hey, listen, go take your contact database, and then rather than trying to get in touch with all these people and network with all these people, he he said, just go through that list and pick the top 20 people that you think would love to see you succeed Hmm. and start networking with them. Man, that was so huge because I had six, eight hundred people. And, you know, for those of you who are more social and connected than me, you may have thousands of people in your contact database. And and so start with the top 20. And that's just a that's a number. You could it could be 30. It could be 40. But the point is, don't go crazy. Take a manageable size number and really start reaching out to those folks and networking with those folks because they're the ones that will help champion your business. And I definitely had some of those early on in my business. It was a lot. It was great. Hmm. Um, Next thing, uh, you know, how did it start? I I gave a lot away. I did a lot of stuff (laughs) for free, you know, because for one thing, I was changing businesses completely. Um, It wasn't like I was an accountant for somebody else and then started an accounting business. I I was an accountant, CPA, and a guy who'd been a chief operating officer for a manufacturing company and service organization. And all of a sudden, I was starting an executive coaching business. No one knew me in that context. And so I had to give a lot away uh, so people could kind of taste and see what it was I was offering and whether or not I was any good at it. And, and I'll be honest, I would do that all over again because it was an absolute honor and privilege mm. to be able to serve people. And I remember uh, being on a coach call with about 50 or 100 other coaches, and they had, a, they had a guy who was one of the fathers of the Christian coaching movement, and he just said, give a lot away. You'll never be able to outgive God. And he said, you'll never be able to give away too much. And of course, I'm thinking at the time, are you kidding me? I'm I got, yeah. you know, six kids or seven kids, whatever it was at the time. And I'm thinking, we're a single income family. How in the yeah. world is this going to work? But I just, on faith again, stepped out and gave a lot away. And it came back to me in, in manifold, multiple ways. And then the last thing is that ultimately momentum began to build. And then the word of mouth engine took over. There was a tipping point at which in, in a four or five month period of time, I connected with a group of people, broke through some 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 barriers, and then all of a sudden the word of mouth engine just took over and I almost had more work than I could handle. Yeah. And so I think it was just sticking with it and working hard and working that network, giving stuff away and being great at what I did. And ultimately as the momentum built, the word of mouth engine took over. So that's that's just a snippet of how things really began for me. Yeah. When you're talking about going from a different market um, to a new one. Uh, a lot of, when it comes to small business, a lot of, especially with you is that expertise. Right. And to not have that and starting a business can be really difficult. That was a huge obstacle. So to hear that, 
should be very encouraging because Absolutely. you know it it means you don't need to be an expert um or I'm sorry you don't need to have the expertise label in that area um to start there if it's something that you love and you're passionate about uh you can you can start and it, it yeah. may be difficult and you may have well, it to will get be some difficult <laughs> let's make no bones about it it will be right. difficult but here's the other thing i would say i'm one of the few that had a like a change of of industry a lot of people out there that are listening could start businesses in what they do and are really really good at today and they're going to bring a ton of credibility and a ton of yeah. of goodwill into their new business from from current clients and and friends and colleagues so you know i i think I think I'm one of the few, and I know there are a lot of people out there like me, but I think the majority of people start businesses in what they're already technically skilled at and known for. But you're right. It should be an encouragement to step out, and, and you don't need the expert label at the beginning. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I really like the the comment you made about going through contacts and picking 20 people. Because oh, yeah, that was huge. For someone like me who makes connections with all kinds of people and um, – you know, I'm the person who has thousands of friends on Facebook and half of them I don't even really know. Uh, but that would be my tendency is to try to go after everyone at the oh, same yeah. time. Um, but to hear something like that, of find 20 people um, because it, it's something you can kind of wrap your mind around. Yep, absolutely. Um, which right. is which is really helpful. So now That's it. you nailed it. Yeah. What are what are three of the biggest challenges people should be on the lookout for when starting their own business? OK. So a lot of a uh, lot of challenges, a lot of uh, landmines and pitfalls. But here are, <laughs> are, are, are a few of the big ones, I think. First of all, I think the whole idea, especially if you are literally starting on your own as what we might mm-hmm. call a solopreneur, um, you just have to be aware of the challenge of all of a sudden doing everything yourself. You know, maybe you're the computer geek and you step out and start doing computer stuff. Well, all of a sudden, you know, you're not just the computer guy. You're the customer service person. Right. You're the the billing person. You're the salesperson. You're the everything. And and that can be overwhelming in the beginning. I'm going to talk a little bit about that and more in a few minutes. But okay. that's a big one is just this kind of avalanche of all of a sudden everything's on my shoulders. And, and that can be very difficult. Second of all, though, related to that, and Michael Gerber points this out in his book, The E-Myth, and that is that many entrepreneurs buy the lie that nobody else can do this as well as I can. And and I know very, very few people, and by the way, I have some incredibly skilled uh, clients, but I know very, very few people, uh, either in my clientele or in my network, who are the only ones who can do it as well as they can. Yeah. I know one or two, but but very few. And so you've got to ignore that lie because it will absolutely put a lid on your capacity huh. and your ability to grow. I mean, you can only do so much. You can only produce so many widgets. You can only work only work so many hours. And, and no matter how efficient and how productive you become, there's a limit when you're by yourself. And so if you're able to document and really figure out how you do what you do and why what you do works as well as it does, and yeah. you can begin to create the formula for that and the systems and the processes that will support that, it'll give you the ability to begin hiring people who can just exponentially magnify what you can do. Yeah. That's huge. I agree with that. Um, third thing, and, and this is a pretty common one, but is there a market? 
like, does anybody even want what it is you're trying to do? <laughs> and so I think that to be wise, I think it's important to do some market research to understand the market or the industry that you're stepping into. But but I, I've seen people who are great at something and passionate about it and love this, but nobody cares. Nobody wants it. Yep. Nobody's willing to pay for it. Um, so that's that can be a big challenge. You just need to make sure. And I'm going to add a fourth, just as a bonus here. And that is, I, th- I think one of the biggest challenges is you've got to get very clear about who your ideal customer is and then gear yeah. all of your marketing toward them. This is a another huge piece of advice I got early on. Because listen, you, you, it's, we have this fear that if we if we narrow our marketing and our advertising too narrow, we're going to leave out all these other people that we could serve. And I'm telling you right now, that is false. If you if you get super duper clear about who your ideal customer is, um, you will actually attract more of them, and you'll pick up all these other people um, mm, yeah. anyway. But here's the the thing. If you're not careful, you're going to lose your focus, and that's going to hurt your ability to serve your ideal customers the best you can, right. and that will hurt your business. Yeah, those are some really good points. Definitely uh, some things to be looking out for. Uh, the one that really stuck out to me was uh, the buying the lie that that no one can do it as well as you can because yeah. we want to get all rah-rah and, and – excite each other or excite ourselves when we're starting something, you know, to, to be able to say, yeah, no, I'm the best at this. And there's nothing wrong with, with wanting to, to be the best, um, in a field, but that takes time to, to grow that. And, um, just to have a good understanding that there, there is competition out there. Oh yeah. Uh, so sometimes you're not, you're not going to get everything. Yep. There, there are some people in our audience who may have what, um, Harvard Business Review called many years ago the blue their blue ocean strategy, and that is something new, something different, some niche that nobody else has gotten into. But most of our listeners are thinking about getting into businesses that already exist. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of competition, but here's the cool thing, man: there's plenty of customers. Yeah, so many of the markets out there are ripe for small businesses to come in and win a ton of business. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I think this is uh, this next part is really good. And how can people overcome those challenges? Okay. So the first challenge was about doing all this stuff myself and just being overwhelmed and burdened down by all of that. And I think the first thing is to find ways to delegate as early as possible so that you can focus on what you do best. And you may say to me, yeah, but I can't afford anybody. Well, you know what I did? I employed my kids. I I got my kids involved to do things. My daughter started helping me with my bookkeeping work. My daughter started helping me with my scheduling. And I, I couldn't pay a whole lot. But you know what? She helped with that. I had kids that helped with shredding. I had kids that helped with filing. I had all kinds of different things. And so my my encouragement to you is to learn how to delegate early and look for the opportunities to to engage and employ uh, family members, friends. Another great thing is to barter. Um, that's an awesome opportunity is to find people who need what you are offering 
and who want you want what they are offering. And I have used that multiple times. So that's another great way is, for instance, I, I bartered for marketing services. I didn't have a clue how to market. And I found a guy who needed a coach and, and I needed marketing. And so for six or eight months, we traded. and It was awesome. So that's the first thing. Find ways to delegate. A lot more we could say about that. A lot of challenges, but but that's a big thing and you got to open your mind to it and you got to stop thinking that it can't be done. Second of all, with the second challenge uh, about thinking you're the only one who can do it, and that is you just got to start documenting how you do what you do and do what I called in a recent video blog, do an autopsy of success. You need to understand why you do, I'm sorry, you need to understand why what you do works. Mm. Because if you don't understand why it works, number one, when it breaks, you won't know how to fix it. But number two, if you don't know why it works, you won't know how to show somebody else how to do it in a way that will work also. So document, begin creating systems and processes so that you can begin replicating that in the in other people. The third one, obviously, I already said it, it you know, the whole issue of is there a market out there? You got to look, you got to do some research. Listen, we are in the information age. You can find incredible amounts of information in seconds uh, with Google and other search engines. So get out there, do the hard work, do mm -hmm. the market research, make sure that there's a market that exists and that you're pricing your product or service in a way that's going to meet the market needs. So that'd be the other thing is pricing. Make sure that your pricing is competitive. Um, that's another thing. Whoa. Some people, when they start out, they want to offer at a really low price because they're brand new. I'm telling you right now, that's one of the worst things you can do because if you're in, in a pool of three or four vendors people are looking at and you're the lowest price in a lot of industries, they're going to look right past you. In some industries, hmm. they're grabbing for that, right? Yeah. I've got clients who the low bid wins every time, but a lot of businesses, a lot of businesses, especially in the knowledge economy that we work in and live in today, they're not looking for the lowest price. They're looking for the greatest value. Exactly. And so you got a price to value, not not be the lowest guy out there. And then the last thing is um, about, you know, getting clear on your ideal customer, literally sit down and write out the characteristics. What does this person look like? Imagine and envision your ideal customer. Who are they? Where do they live? What do they do? Uh, how do they interact with, with you, their vendor? Um, how well do they pay their bills? You know, what? how are they giving back to the community? I mean, think about and write down all of that so that you have a really clear idea on who you want to say yes to and who you want to say no to. So that I could say a lot more, but that's probably good for now. Yeah. You know, a couple of comments I had. Uh, yeah. One was was a little more humorous comment, but uh, <laughs> we can use as far humor. as as far as delegating, uh, if you're an older sibling, I'm sure you uh, understand the power of delegation. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know that I do, uh, but yes, I believe we actually. And the name is escaping me of which podcast it was, but I believe in one of our podcasts we discussed delegation. We did, um, and the different levels of delegation. Yes, so, we did. Um, I would encourage you if you have the time to um, listen to that one. I'm I, the name's escaping me currently, and that's yeah, okay. Me crazy. It's out but, there. It's on yeah, our on our podcast page. It is on our page, uh, JoeDenner.com. on uh, iTunes. It's out there. Yeah. So, and just a quick reminder: uh, if you haven't already, definitely uh, go to Joe JoeDenner.com and. Uh, subscribe to his blog and uh, get his free resource, uh, Six Ways to Overcome Being Overwhelmed. I did want to mention that. Uh, but back to what we were saying, uh, the other thing was talking about documenting uh, your system mm -hmm. uh, and so you can replicate it. 
And I think that's it's important uh, to find a proven process. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's something that we've done at Alliant Leadership is take the things that we do and find what's what has worked, turn it into a proven process that we can show others. This is how we've done that. Um, and, and you're actually going to hear a little bit about um, a proven process that we're going to be uh, letting people in on uh, in the next month or so uh, that, that you should be excited for. So. Yep. Uh, but Joe, looking back now, uh, are there any things you would have done differently or the same? And, and how do you think that would have affected where you are now? Okay, so let's start with what I would do different. And, you know, just for the sake of time, I tried to, I picked the top two. Um, and the first thing that I would do different is <laughs> I would learn to listen to myself. And that is <laughs> I'd learn to delegate sooner. Uh, you know, for 20 years, I worked you know, in an office, I worked alone. I, I was so used to doing a lot of what I did by myself. Mm-hmm. Even though I was in a management position, I relied on myself for a lot. And so going from that situation to a business all by myself, all of a sudden I did everything. And it was very hard to then, after years of doing everything, to now switch gears and start to delegate again like I had done previously. And it was really, really hard. <laughs> Plus, I didn't have any money. And right. I thought, who am I going to delegate to? And so uh, I've learned now. I've learned there are friends and maybe champions out there that who would love to help you and yeah. and do something. We had some friends that were starting a business, and they put out the word, and they brought in 20 people into a room who did a ton of data entry for them. They fed them and, and just you know thanked them and gave them a, a gift for coming and helping them out. But, I mean, there are ways to delegate. The point is you got to think about it. You got to think it through and, and do it well. Second think outside of all, the box. Yeah. Yeah. And which is, you know, for me, I'm sorry, I, I'm in the box. So much yeah. of the time and which is why you're that's, on the yeah, team that's, now. That's, say, that's what I'm here for. You're out of the box, which is great. Um, the other thing is, and this is so against my nature is take more risks. You know, we've done some product launches. We've done some things that we're doing some. We're going to hear about in just a moment. But I think I would have stepped out and done even more risk taking because I think that really with the risks come the rewards. And and we've tasted failure um, and that's okay. But from those failures, we've learned a bunch and those have led to other successes. And so I think I would have taken more risks, even though you say, wait a minute, you quit your, you know, your chief operating officer job and you had seven kids. How is that not a risk? Right. My point is I would have taken more risks once the business got going and got moving and, and you know, really kind of branched out and launched out sooner. Hmm. So those are the two things I do different. And I think that my business would be way further along because I'd have more people in the business and I would have, you know, quite honestly, I would have had more failures, which I would have learned from. And I think I'd be further down the road than I am today. Uh, Second of all, uh, what would I do the same? Uh, I would do, I would do the same with giving. I would give, give, give away. I, it has been such an honor and and a precious privilege to give of my best to people and and I would do it again and I would continue to do that and I mm. and we do we continue to give that that's one of our values here at Alliant Leadership is living and giving generously of our resources and our talents yeah. and we will continue to do that and then the other thing I would do the same is I would do it all over again step out in faith to do what I knew God had designed me to do I knew God had made me to do this and and as scary as it was uh, I would do it all over again and I'm super thankful for a, for a wife and for kids who are, have been unbelievably supportive in the journey, but I would do it all over again. All right. That's, that is incredible. So if you're out there listening and, and you're 
thinking about starting your own business, I hope you've uh, been paying very careful attention. This is it's an amazing opportunity. I mean, we talked about the statistics at the beginning. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me of the importance, um, and then we we looked through some of the benefits. You know, being able to control your own schedule, uh, the independence and the agility. Uh, the ability to to be on such a different per- personal level with with your clients, um, and that healthy healthy pride and sense of satisfaction um, that results from from starting yeah. your own business. And uh, you know, Joe talked about some of the challenges that he went through. So you know how he got started, um, and some of the things that he did to overcome those challenges. Um, but but overall, I just I would encourage you if if you're if you're thinking about starting your own business, if you're praying about starting your own business. Um, I encourage you to, to really find what you're passionate about, uh, to do the research, um, but be willing to, to take the risks. Yeah. Um, and, and like Joe said, be willing to give away, um, you know, your time and, and what uh, your expertise, if, if it may be, um, because that will really help you in the long run. Yes, it will. Well, Joe, uh, before we wrap up here, uh, I definitely wanted to take a few minutes here to talk about uh, the new thing that's coming out here yeah. on April 3rd. Uh, we're going to be uh, releasing a new free video series called How to Eliminate, or sorry, How to Eliminate Your Seven Biggest Hiring Headaches. Is that, yeah. That's correct, right? That is correct. You, you got it. <laughs> uh, you want to just tell us just a little brief summary on what that's going to be on? Yeah. One of the consulting services that I've offered over the years is helping clients hire new people. And one, if there's one thing I've learned is that small business owners, by and large, are terrified of hiring <laughs> And it's because there are all these headaches that, that are associated with it. And so, as Phil alluded to earlier, we've put together a proven process. Um, you know, I've got a, a pretty incredible success rate in terms of finding the right people and having those people yeah. stick around. Um, and we want to take that proven process and we want to share some things with you. And so they're going to be very short videos, about three to five minutes long each. But we're going to give you uh, how to eliminate your seven biggest hiring headaches. And I think it's going to be great. And I highly encourage you to go out to our Facebook page, uh, to my website, and to uh, to register for that. You can pre-register. Uh, if you're listening to this prior to April 3rd, you can pre-register and those videos will start releasing on Monday, April the 3rd. Um, and we're excited about it. Yeah, no, I, I am very excited. This is going to be, this is a very fun project we're working on and, and something that we've just, we've seen a need for. Yes, and we're absolutely. really hoping that this uh, will be very helpful to small businesses out there. And um, yeah, like he said, just get out there, uh, register, get those videos st- sent directly to you. Just a quick tip uh, when you do register um, be sure to go to your email and confirm uh, that registration so that you get the emails uh, with the the links to the videos and and I think it's really great these are short videos um, that are definitely going to pack a punch and are going to be very helpful to you so I really really encourage you um, to go and register for that and, and get started with that so uh, right. One quick last reminder, if you haven't already, uh, go to joedenner.com, uh, check out other podcasts, check out Joe's blog. Uh, we'd love to have you subscribe and, and to give you that free gift of uh, six ways to overcome being overwhelmed. Um, but we're really excited uh, to be back, like we said earlier, and uh, we hope to uh, be bringing you content once a month again on the first Thursday of every month. So with that, we want to thank you all for listening in. And we hope you'll join us again next time for another episode of Stronger Leaders Shaping Tomorrow.